Hello, everyone, and welcome to Storehouses, a weekly podcast brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church. My name is Ethan Getros, and in the studio, we have our crossings worship minister, leader, whatever you want to call him, Jonathan Poole. Jonathan, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Hey, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Well, as you just said, I'm the contemporary music and worship leader, so... A lot of what I do revolves around um, music and worship, working with our worship team to um, do the crossing service every week, but also work with youth a lot and um, bringing worship to our youth ministry on Wednesdays. Um, and my one-year anniversary with my wife is coming up. hey oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. Hey, uh, so as we dive into our passage, you brought an interesting one with you for us to discuss uh, Malachi chapter 1. Uh, so why don't you read uh, the chapter for us? All right. Malachi chapter 1. A prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob. But Esau I have hated, and I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, great is the Lord even beyond the borders of Israel. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord? It is you, priest, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. Now, plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offering from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offering will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying, the Lord's table is defiled, and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden! And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord. Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Yeah, amen. Uh, so what stands out to you about this passage? Like why I chose it? Yeah, why are we talking about it? Um, it's something I think about quite often, this section of scripture. Um, I think when I 
first started getting into reading the Word of God, it's one of the first passages that I could apply to my life. Um, and I think about it often as I'm preparing to lead worship. Um, I think one of the reasons, though, that I'm drawn to it is it's it's a section of Scripture that is often ignored. Um, it's, it's in the Minor Prophets, the Old Testament. It's the last book of the Old Testament. Um, and the Babylon Bee, which is a, a satire website that releases articles, um, they, they released a too long, don't read edition of all 66 books of the Bible. And like underneath Malachi said, a, a minor prophet who's not Jonah, feel free to skip. Uh, and I, th- I think like, like all comedy, like there's a little bit of a layer of truth to it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's true in a lot of our, um, circles is that we just, it's a section of scripture that can be skipped because we're, we're ready to get to, to Jesus in sure. the new Testament. Um, but this book, uh, it's not in this this first chapter, but this book has one of my favorite verses and truths about God, which is Malachi 3, 6. It says, I, the Lord, do not change. Um, and it goes on to say that's like, so you descendants of Jacob, you're not destroyed. Um, but that, that passage, like that speaks to like the immutability of God, the fact that he doesn't change. So God doesn't change in his purposes or his commitments his character is always the same like all of his promises are true um they won't fail like we can trust in those things so verses like first john um 1 9 where if we confess our sins um he is faithful to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness like god will always be our god who is faithful to forgive like we can always bank on that Mm. yeah that's good I think what stands out to me is uh, about this message of worship or presenting this offering to God. Uh, I think that um, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, kind of wrath (laughs) is what it seems like. Um, Although God is... Is a wrathful God. He's also a loving God. But but in this passage, man, he he makes it very blunt uh, Mm -hmm. that we are to present our best. He does. Um, So what is dangerous about not presenting our best to God? Uh, so much. So like the, the main section of this chapter, um, that quite frankly is just scary. Um, for me starts at verse 10 where he says, Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not like useless, not light useless fires on my altar. Um, there's a lot of weight to what we do in worship. Like, so like their sacrifices, like in the old Testament, that was their worship. That was their, their offering. Um, and and God would not accept their half-hearted worship. Um, they didn't offer their best. And God says that it would be better if they closed the temple doors than to light useless fires on his altar. And, And then just even a little bit further in verse 14, God says, cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal instead to the Lord. Um, that that word cheat, like I don't want to be yeah. called a cheat. A cheat, yeah. And, and when you, you fast forward to modern day, like we don't offer sacrifices like they did. Like Jesus is our sacrificial lamb. Um, but we do worship God. Like we do give of our tithes. We do sing his praises. We have this calling to show God's love. Um, we have this calling to baptize people and, and God would rather that the, the church doors be closed than to be worshiped half-heartedly. Mm. Uh, 
And so that's a that's a scary scripture that reminds me that whatever I'm offering to God, like whether it's my time or money, the way that I love people, the way that I worship God, like it needs to be authentic. It yeah. needs to be my very best, and it needs to be without limit. Like it's total surrender. Yeah, yeah. Malachi is uh, the last book that was written before the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so between Malachi, Malachi and, and the coming of Christ, there was this 400-year period of, of just total silence from God towards his people. Um, Malachi is kind of like God's last letter to the people before he sends his son. Mm-hmm. And so when I read this passage or when I read any part of Malachi where it talks about presenting our best to God... I'm so thankful that I'm on the other side of the New Testament to where I can see where God was kind of going with this, uh, mm-hmm. where he's kind of like, hey, my last word to you all is present your best or, or listen, I am the king of kings. I am God. So present your best to me. Uh, and then God faithfully gave his best for us. You know, the sacrifice of Christ coming down to die for us is this ultimate I don't know, sign of love of the Father. And and I'm so thankful that I get to be on this side because this passage is so scary. Like Mm -hmm. if if Christ hadn't already come in, I I would be so afraid of God and being so afraid of God when I present, maybe it's not my best, man, but there is that fear, kind of like a fear of the Father. You know, when we did something bad, or at least when I did something bad, my Father would discipline me. And mm-hmm. so in that fear, I chose not to do bad things. I, I mean, sometimes I did bad things all the time. But <laughs> but sometimes I would choose, hey, I'm not going to do that because I know what my father will do to me. And in that same way, man, this is what this passage in my mind is just screaming out, you know, that, that I would choose to, to love God or I would choose to worship God in such a manner uh, that he is pleased with it. And so in worship, what are some ways that we can focus on God instead of being distracted by what's going on around us or, or even what we have in our own life? Uh, I think a lot of it is is kind of having a balanced perspective of, of who God is. So yeah, there there is so much fear um, that we could have from this chapter. But at the same time, like even the people then, like you talk about having this perspective of being able to look back, but the people then... Like, they know that God loves them. Um, that's that's still there. Like, in verse chapter 2, he says, I have loved you, says the Lord. Um, it's just that the people don't understand it. They say, but, or it says, but you ask, how have you loved us? So they don't understand that that God loves them. And that's, that's kind of this theme throughout the book. There's like five or six different occasions where... Um, the Lord says something to them about something that they should be doing or that they're they're not currently doing, um, and they just respond with this negativity. Um, and so, like in verse six, it's, you priests, you so show contempt for my name. They don't understand that they're not showing contempt for His name. They're like, how have we shown contempt for Your name? Yeah, right. And so, like, and there's several different examples of this throughout the chapters of it. But their response is just defensive. It's arrogant. Um, and, and that kind of response reminds myself a lot of me, um, when I'm confronted, my first impulse is to just like, you know, be, (laughs) be offended, (laughs) like to to be defensive that I have to fight it. Um, and so they don't, they didn't understand completely that God loved them, but he did. And it's very clear here. And I think a lot of times when we are worshiping, um, 
we have this ability to not recognize God's love for us mm. or to not give it the due importance that it deserves. Yeah. Um, and so for me, myself, whenever I am singing songs in church, a lot of it is like I want to have an idea of who God is or just be like um, keeping my, my ears open to how God is revealing himself to me in that moment and just be aware of that and focus on that. And that helps me to, to focus in and in, and in response, just give them admiration yeah. and praise. Um, but the people here, like they obviously um, weren't necessarily accepting of, of or recognizing that God loved them. Um, and you can see that even in this first section where he's he's talking to them. This is where we can kind of see um, grace in this chapter, in those first few verses, um, which is where God was looking or telling them to look at Edom. Um, and so Edom, they're like they're the descendants of Esau, uh, who was the brother of Jacob and the son of Isaac. And, and Israel and Edom, like they they both inherited. The blessings of Abraham. They both deserve the same thing, yet God chose Jacob, yeah. not Esau. And so in comparing them, God is showing that though they aren't deserving of it, he loves them and will mm. secure their future. Um, and that's this picture that we see all throughout scripture of we don't deserve God's love, but we have it. Yeah. Wow. I think back in my life of, of some of the times where I didn't deserve um, God's love, um, and how great a God we serve, mm. you know, and if if you have had that moment in your life, if you're listening, um, where you've recognized that God's love has just been poured out on you, even though you feel like maybe you don't deserve it, what more of a reason could you have to praise and worship him? Mm. Uh, I just think it's such a true testimony when we uh, recognize, man, just how faithful God is. Um, sure. And just how deserving of God of of love that God actually is. So, kind of going into the last part about what we're going to be talking about is uh, what can we take away uh, from this passage as a believer in Christ? So, I mean, as you heard me reading, the word name appears so much throughout this first chapter. Um, and so, let me ask you. Let me turn this around on you. Um, why is a name important? To somebody. It's just identity. It's who we are. Yeah. So it's a major part of your identity. It represents kind of your, your purpose yeah. and your authority and your character. And we, we know God through his many names. That's how he, he chooses to reveal himself. And his names reflect the many ways that he relates to humanity. Um, but you can see, like in verse 11, he says, My name will be great among the nations. Um, and it constantly just says, says the Lord Almighty, Lord yeah. in all caps. And so there's this, this great concern for the respect and honor that is given to his name. Um, and, and when they offered sacrifices that weren't good, that weren't pure, um, he says that they were showing contempt for his name. Um, and, and that's always interested me. Like, instead of saying, like, like you've offended me, he's like saying, you're showing contempt for my name, um, the thing that identifies me and my purpose and authority and character. Yeah. And so as believers, I, I think we can take away that um, we need to, like, 
take a step back and think about mm. like what we're offering to God and make sure that we are holding him and his name in reverence. Yeah. Um, I read a, a, a passage on um, blasphemy um, by a pretty famous writer. Um, he says, and we're going back to worship and, and just the contempt that is, you know, that we might have in God's name. He says that anytime we are in worship and when we sing praise songs or worship songs, anytime that God's name comes off of our tongue and in our heart we don't have the reverence or the respect for who God truly is as we're singing. Because sometimes, you know, when we get in worship, we're just singing the songs, you know, we're, we're, we're singing out loud, but our heart and our mind isn't focused in on worship. Um, we've all been guilty of that. But this guy says that in those times... Uh, we hold God's name in contempt yeah. because we're just singing it idly and we're not holding it to kind of this reverency that it's due. Um, and I think we're starting to come along in our worship culture of realizing that we haven't always been like that. If you look at like just in our, our current like song playlist, if you will, for our service, like I can just think off the top of my head, worthy of your name. Um, um, what a wonderful name. Yeah. Or what a beautiful name. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and Oh Praise the Name. Like, there's three songs that I just thought of just immediately uh, of songs that we're currently singing. And so I think we're coming around to this um, idea that God should be held with reverence and, like, just giving him the honor that he's due for how holy he is. Yeah. Um, and praising his name, I think, is becoming very important for us. Yeah. I, I think as a believer, what I take away from this passage most of all is man, I, I need to focus. <laughs> like I need to focus in worship. I need to focus when I pray. I need to focus when I spend any amount of time with God, because if I don't, then am I really presenting my best? You know, what more could I do as far as my side of the relationship with God? You know, mm-hmm. is my heart fully there uh, when I have those moments? You know, am I praying without ceasing? Am I, am I doing the things that God has asked of me because I love him? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that I love him because he first loved us, because he first loved me. Um, and in this passage, man, it, it, it's such a constant reminder, kind of these themes throughout Scripture of just how mighty God's name is and how powerful God's name is. Um, but this passage specifically, God is like, this is my name. Like, yeah. th- it's him talking, not just other people talking for God. He's like saying, this is my name. Uh, you bring me this, should I accept this from you, you know, and, and how important it is to remember just who God is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and he leaves good. them at the end of this whole book <laughs> with this subtle reminder that judgment is coming. Yeah, like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the righteous will rejoice, but the Lord will trample on the wicked. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's filled with scary stuff. Yeah, it that is. That should call us to <laughs> take a step back and... Um, analyze our hearts as we approach God and praise God uh, for grace and mercy being a thing, you know, to where, you know, even as scary as God is, man, how loving and gracious, uh, gracious (laughs) and gracious and gracious he is. Grace Um, upon grace. Yeah. Grace upon grace. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, You can uh, find more information on our iTunes page. Just search uh, Storehouses Trinity Baptist Church. You can find us on Facebook. If uh, you want to add to the conversation or if you want us to talk about a certain scripture, uh, you can email the show at ethan at org. Like and share us on Facebook and share this podcast with 
everybody you know. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Ethan Getrost. Jonathan, where can they find you? You can email me at jpool at trinitybaptist.org. Yeah, and that's J-P-O-O-L-E. Correct. Uh, there's an E at the end of pool there at trinitybaptist.org. Uh, hey, we thank you for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.